Running Sentences presents Pirates, Politics, and Potentially Treasure, Book 2, Part 11 Finding the Treasure Trove and Getting to the hidden treasure isn't easy, and it comes at a cost. But is that worth it for this group, or variety of groups? This story is written and narrated by Michael Honoré. It is a work of fiction. Any names, characters, businesses, events, and situations within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real people, real situations, events, characters, businesses, and or fictional businesses, characters, events, and so on, is purely coincidental. Copyright 2023, Michael Honoré. All rights reserved. The Black Cage Pirates wandered the woods as a heavy fog rolled around them. It was difficult to see, and they'd come to a stop, with everyone gathering around their leader. Uh, we will we'll rest for now, but I'll set up a guard around us. No surprise from the others around here. A rustling in the bushes or leaves came from nearby, as this was said. Most turned to look at the heavy fog, which obscured much from view other than a few plants in that direction. Hold steady, we've searched this planet before and found nothing. No creatures, no treasures. This is only to make sure we didn't miss anything. The noises grew louder and louder, and now seemed to surround them. A rustle here and then there, and then one there kept the group looking around nervously. It took only a few minutes of this for one of the pirates to begin trying to back away. This isn't right. We've been here before. I said steady, don't worry about it. While the captain's orders were recognized, the noises and rustling were loud enough to spook everyone. First one pirate took off, and then another two, before the lot of them were all running away, all to the sounds of rustling leaves and the occasional scream of pain. The harder Cordite tried to pull at Tulis's arm, the more she tried to resist. They'd gotten pretty deep into the woods, and at this point could no longer hear water. Still, he didn't want to slow down, and wasn't going to until she had managed to get out of his grasp. I think we're far enough away. We have no idea where we are, where we've gone, or if it is even in the right direction. He swirled about, concerned and and about to try to grab her again, but stopped himself. There was concern creasing his face, and his hand had reached out, though it now dropped by his side. Sorry, moment of panic took over. Oh, fine, whatever. There was a slight buzz coming from his spacesuit that snapped the two of them at their slight stare at one another. Right, uh, spacesuit, uh, what's up? Your message has been delivered per your request. Is there anything else you need from me currently? There's the doorway, down or up. The spacesuit paused at the request from Tulis for a moment as it computed, and they waited. Ah, yes, you are not far from the door that will to go up if you wish. They looked to one another for a second, which then made both of them look away a bit, unsure of what they were feeling or whether or not they could meet each other's eyes. How far away is the down portion or door or whatever, and has anyone else come down? That is also not far off either, Uh, to go down, I mean, a bit further, and you can't miss it if you tried. As for aliens coming, yes, several galactic soldiers are coming. Finally able to look at her, Cordite was trying to see if she wanted to, to decide on what option was the best one. 
Tulis, however, had something else on her mind, and she wanted that answered first. A spacesuit. Uh, the people that we saw on the, that surface that looked to be a sandbar, were they Grogian? Yes, indeed they were. A queen, if my data is correct. Her gut sank a little bit at that, though, and the question of where her was her father was swallowed by her own thoughts. The two, her parents, hadn't been good to her, but at the same time they were a part of her, and letting that go seemed bad, terrible. Cordite had now taken her gently up by the arm, and she snapped out of her downward stare towards the dirt and fern-covered ground. You okay? Fine, lost in thought for a moment due to, well, you know, uh, we should move. Okay, I leave it up to you to which direction you'd like to go. Down? What have we got to lose? And if we go up and find the utility, I suspect he will be unhappy that we're there. Cordite nodded. Well then, spacesuit, can you show us the way down or give us a direction to head in? Oh, of course I can. You'll need to head east from here. Turn to your left, and then head that way for five clicks. They did as it did, and set off in that direction. It was getting later and later into the night that was quiet and only occasionally accompanied by the sound of splashes in water. The lion had remained awake, trying to make sure that nothing happened to his group of pirates, or, well, to anyone else. A soldier, however, had approached eyeing the lion, who rose up to stop him from getting any closer. You want something? Your turn has come. You can go or stay, but the president will be headed down shortly, I guess. Those were his orders. With that said, the soldier had turned neatly and departed once again. Lion watched him go before he turned to the group of pirates and eyed Coral specifically, since she was also not asleep. Is it time to go find this treasure? If you seek it, jump into the water. And where does the water lead? Down is all that I know. His attention was taken up by his comrades and not on her as she moved a bit closer. This, though, did catch his attention for the moment, enough to suspect that she might be up to something, so he looked up. Do not try things here. You'll get yourself killed since the soldiers still watch over us. She stopped, a knife clearly in her hand coming out from a hidden spot, but it was slid away again. You can verify that would happen. You can certify that that would happen to me. The president wants us alive for this. I don't know why, but you would die since he doesn't care about you. With a nod, she slipped off and headed towards the river. Lion wasn't sure she'd actually bought what he'd been saying as the truth, and he wasn't entirely sold on it or sure of it either. It could have been a lie, but since it worked... He concentrated on getting his friends up. Francis, being the lightest of sleepers, was already sitting up. I had a gun on her the whole time, by the way. Good to know and thank you. Are we going down? Yes, of course. It is the season of treasure hunting, Lion, and we'd be silly not to join in. After all, we want riches, don't we? Ophelia rose and patted her associate on the arm. And one by one, the other pirates began popping up after she had spoken out. A lot of them moved to the river, where they began jumping in. Lion was the last in, as he looked over to the president, spotting the man talking to a few remaining soldiers, 
They could have easily overpowered that group of theirs, but they weren't. It was a questioning idea that puzzled him greatly, and he did not like it. Instead, he concentrated on doing what he thought was best, and jumped into the river. The shark void had attacked and snatched up a few of the galactic soldiers instead of going for the queen. A thing that Strand was grateful for. She didn't want to be eaten like she feared her husband had been, and they were now trekking through estuary waters with a hard swim amongst reddish water that had been bluish before. She wasn't entirely comfortable with what was going on. What are we even doing, Mother? Taking back what rightfully belongs to our family. Why are you on the galactic side of things? I'm not. The only person I'm looking out for is Tulis, who you were thrown to the side. Oh, yes, the only person you've ever loved. What is it with these wild accusations against me? You know that isn't true. She is my sister, and I am here to take care of her. They were just about across the estuary, leading to the actual land, and could stop swimming as their feet touched the ground. Still, Nero kept going with his swimming, which annoyed the queen as she stood up and managed to make her way towards the actual beach. He was such a simple-minded fool, who kept the things even when it wasn't helping. Are you going to help me, then? I'll consider it when I'm aware of more of what is going on around here. Now where are we going? She didn't bother to try and help him as they got on to the beach. I think I saw two creatures over here, and judging from these marks in the sand headed towards those woods, I'm right, and so the only way is to go that direction. There was no waiting for anyone, and she began her march into the woods, with Nero eventually standing up and trailing behind her. Exhausted from the truck and having kept going for quite a while, Cordite sat down on the lip of a quarry. It wasn't a deep space, but there were lots of rocks that had cracks that had cracked away from the, to form this space that seemed to tumble downwards into oblivion, although it did seem to curve around a bit. Tulis sat down next to him and then looked up towards the sky. Ah, you've arrived at the location you need to be at. Congratulations. The spacesuit had woke said this and shocked both Tulis and Cordite, who had been expecting calm and quiet. Ah, uh, thanks, suit. What do we have to do? I do not know the answer to that. My guess is to climb down and into the space to find something. Grumbling at that, Cordite decided he didn't like it. The idea felt like it was walking into trouble. Normally he wouldn't mind that, but now... He felt like a risk too far, as long as he was with someone who shouldn't be taking risks. I'll go see what I can see down there, alright? I'll be right behind you. He had gone up, so he was standing again, and the thought about saying that he should probably go alone and scout ahead for any trouble, but then shrugged. It was pointless, and well, she was going to have to come down at some point. Anyway. Alright, let's just keep an eye out for anything weird, then. Watch each other's back, you mean? That, too. 
his first step towards the edge of this space was a bad one, as the rock was wet, and his shoe merely didn't grip at all, which meant it slid right off. And a second after that, his leg slid forward, and the rest of him merely decided that following was the good thing to do because of his momentum. Do you think we should leave some sort of mark to show others the way? He was twisting in the air, and simply falling, he couldn't respond since he was pointed downwards, and it felt like all of the air, every time he opened his mouth, was rushing into it. Tulus looked at where he'd been, and where he was now when he didn't respond. You said you'd watch out and be careful. Her own step towards the edge of the cord followed his, and resulted in a similar thing happening to her. With a cough, Mott woke up staring at a starry sky and a hand in her face. It took her but a moment to grasp what I was trying to help her up and to grasp at it. Where are we? The second level, I guess. It's a weird planet, though, that has levels and a sky that we can see all the time. But we should get moving. And why? Footprints leading into the woods, and I don't want to deal with utility anymore, if he's following us. She was up now on her own feet, and took a quick look scan over everybody. No one looked hurt that her eyes could see, which was good. We're ready to go. A nod all around got the group moving towards the woods, though Francis stopped at the edge for a moment. Spacesuit, are you still working here? Yes, I am. What do you need? Can you pinpoint where Cordite and Tulis are? Below you at the moment. Ah, but to get to them, head straight into the woods, and I will give you a heads up when you need to turn east. There was a nod by Francis, who saw that no one else was watching or listening to him, or the suit for that matter, and so he hurried to catch up to them to let them know that the suit would be leading the way. The spacesuit would be leading the way. Instead of jumping into the river, Utility sat beside it, looking rather bored. There were more than a few of his soldiers left to help defend him, and a few stragglers from various groups who had found them. He watched the water with eager anticipation for when something would pop up out of it. The stories had said that once it was found, the treasure would rise from the river, and he would be in a prime position to claim it for himself, although maybe for the government. Not that anybody could read his mind, but eh, it was for the government more than the people. Not for him, he meant. The books really don't say anything more, all of these diaries, and that's all they gave us, right, book people? He looked over to his researchers, who were still with him, and they were nodding their heads vigorously, yes. You can talk, you know. Yes, sir. It's just that there's nothing to say. We've showed you all you need to know, and uh, all that we could find, and now we just have to wait for it to come true. And it will? To what we know, yes. Waiting is the best option. Sighing to himself, Utility rose from his spot to stretch his body. Waiting would never do, and it put all of this in the hands of a bunch of weirdos. Technically, all they should have to do is be in the right place at the right time, the whole thing should be automated. He, however, didn't trust that, and he began wandering about. Nope, 
All of this sounded like a fairy tale. There was quite a bit of pain in Cordite's leg that was throbbing away from slipping, weirdly, on the rock. It felt like it had twisted itself, but he wasn't sure that was the case. He sat up, rubbing his leg and, and trying to look around, but the grassy field he found himself in, with its tall, tall grass, obscured his vision from his sitting position. Dulis, are you here and are you okay? There was a muffled cough and she rose above the grass where he could spot her. I hope we don't have to do much more falling. Agreed. I think I hurt my leg on that last one. A spacesuit, if you could be so kind and direct us to where next and please no more falling. There was a buzz, but no response from the spacesuit. Are we on our own? Uh, it seems like it since we're not getting a response. Uh, maybe interference from being so far down in the world? But, uh, we can still see a sky, which is so very weird. She'd come over to help him up, which he gladly accepted, and now he could look around. It was a grassy sort of rolling field as far as he could see that just stretched and went on towards the horizon. It helped that it was in the early morning, and they could judge where the sun stood and allowed them to actually see where things were. What do you want to do? Move somewhere? Head over to there or there or wherever? Well, test out my leg a few feet, and then think for a moment. The throbbing had mostly gone, and he could walk just about fine, though it felt a bit weird. He kept testing it to make sure he was going to be alright, before walking back. Alright, you have any sense of this place? Like from when your mother showed you that secret room or something? I do remember a lot of grass, but that was about it. She then pointed off towards a direction. Let's go that way and see what it offers, okay? Signaling that she should go first, they set off with her in the lead. The more Nero saw of his mother, the more uncomfortable he became. She was acting strange and a bit unhinged as they went through this woods. It was the fact that she kept turning her head to and fro, frantically like something was wrong, but never saying anything that bothered him so much. Mother, how do you know where you are going? You don't need to know that. Yes, I do, if I'm to follow you. I found the way through your sister. That's all you need to know. It was an odd answer to say, and he didn't want to accept it at all. Sister? Which one? Did she mean to list? There was no way that was what she meant. She'd thrown her away, her and him away, at a moment's notice, and now was using them? Maybe? I'm failing to understand you. Of course you don't. There is a blood that runs through the woman of the royalty that can sometimes see things that are lost to us. Your sister, and yes, I do mean Tulis, is one. Oh, that didn't really answer me. It merely sounded like words thrown on words to confuse me. A clearing up ahead made her give a small shout of victory, one that made him jump in response. In a hurry, she shot towards it. She saw the treasure as a child and allowed me to see it. The whole thing is hidden here. I just need to wait to be able to get to it. You foresaw all of this? Maybe some of it. As did utility, I'm guessing, but no matter. I will get it, and it rightfully belongs to the Grogian Empire in the first place. Nero offered a dubious look as they arrived at a clearing. 
that seemed to be turning into a bit of a rock quarry. The walk across the grassy fields should have been an easy one, but with each step it felt like they were walking through a thick muck, even though it was just grass that they could see. Kodite had paused at one point, testing putting his foot down onto the ground to see what was happening that was making this feel like it was raw. To him, there was something there, but it wasn't seeable. It left him rather confused by the whole thing as he stepped down and wasn't sure what it was. Tulis. Yes, what is it? We're walking on the stuff we've been searching for, I think. She turned slowly with raised eyebrows and put her hands on her hips. It was a look asking for an explanation without having to ask for one, which he wasn't sure he knew how to provide. You haven't had difficulty walking about in this grass. A bit, yes. Everything looks normal, yet we can't really walk all that well. And it doesn't make sense unless there is something hidden from plain sight. Nodding along, she looked down at the ground, and then she kicked at the air. It didn't look like anything moved, but her foot seemed to have a rather heavy motion to it while she accomplished this. So we're on the treasure, but we can't see or feel it? Or will we can kind of feel it? It looks like that, potentially, yes. Well then, how do we make this stuff appear? Having no answer to that, the best he could offer was a heavy shrug to her. You're the one who's seen this place somewhat, I guess. I was hoping you might have an answer. Well, I don't. And I guess the only thing to do was keep moving and seeing what we can find. They took one last look across the far-stretching field, looking up to the sky and then back down to the ground. There was no signs of anything going on, so Tulis turned and began marching off in a direction without saying anything. The walk through the woods in the morning sun had not been what the pirates had expected. They'd been dropped off on a beach, and now this, a place devoid of creatures or animals, left it quiet aside from the occasional step on something, breaking a twig or a stick or something that was on the ground. Francis found himself in the lead, towards where he figured the shadows of soldiers were ahead of them. This place smells. What do you mean, Ophelia? It stinks, doesn't it? There's this horrific horrid, rotting stench that just won't go away. Well, I don't smell anything. What about you, Francis? Hmm. Oh, well, Doc, I get the faintest of smells about this place. Yeah, but I think it's because of the tracks of blood off to our right. A few of the pirates then glanced towards their right, having sort of blended in and unnoticed that there were a few blood-stained trees with some parts of aliens' bodies lying not far off from it. No one was going to mention that stuff had happened? You have your own eyes, Lion. I figured that everyone saw it since we are all looking around. A spacesuit, where are we headed, by the way? Down. There should be a place not far from here that goes that direction. Cordite and Tulis fell down that way, by the way. Then that is the way to go, I guess. Is there any way to not fall down? Not that I am aware of, sir. Uh, there is always a chance of that, if you careful enough, I suppose, though. 
they found themselves stumbling towards a pit in a clearing. All things were good for Queen Strand as she looked about. The grass was tall, radiant sun was apparently unconscious on the ground, and it felt like the treasure was actually nearby. If only she could see it. There was a feeling that her daughter was somewhere around here, judging from the way things were going. It was just a sense, a weird feeling that Tulis would, of course, be leading this somewhere. After all, she had seen the treasure that the Queen could now easily remember, but with no sight on her, it was going to be difficult to get what she wanted. Darling, daughter of mine, we have a great problem. Your brother has hurt himself on his task to come help save you. Her voice carried out over the field, echoing back to her in a moment later. It was an unusual thing, since she could clearly see an endless field. Echoes had to bounce off of something before they would return. The sounds of thuds behind her made her groan, since it meant that she was no longer alone. Unless that was her daughter, but turning around, she found pirate-looking individuals. Oh, a company of fools, what do you lot want? They were taking the moment to reorganize themselves, and she did recognize at least one or two of them, although she couldn't be entirely sure, since why would she pay attention to such rabble? We are here the same thing, probably, miss. A treasure hidden away. That treasure belongs to me, pirate. Oh yes, we had heard your claim after you left your home planet. Not sure it's believable, since you don't have any evidence of such things. The only evidence I need is when it appears. Then a lot of you will see all of the gold and other items marked with Grogian marks, denoting it belongs to us. The pirates had on their own begun to move off in various directions, checking things out. She didn't like the sight of that, but uh, there was nothing she could say at the moment that would stop them. Have you run into anyone else here, by the way? We were following some soldiers, and we weren't sure if they'd gotten here. Queen Strand stretched her arm to either side of herself, indicating the vast field around them. No, fool, you can plainly see for yourself. Now go away. Do you not want us around, Queen? If I wanted you around, I would have said something that made me sound friendly. Deciding that that was more than enough to convince them, she slowly backed up until she was at her sleeping son. A glance down on him showed he hadn't stirred, and so she just kept going. The field had finally led them somewhere, and Tulis went straight to a grove of trees. She hadn't even been looking for it, or meaning to go towards it. However, it was now in front of her and Cordite, and it towered upward towards the sky, reaching for it with all of its might. How is this here? A weird planet that makes things invisible until you need to see it. That doesn't explain much, though. In fact, it gives me a headache to think about it. Well then, perhaps it's best not to think on it. And what should I think of? I'd walked a few steps inside the group of trees to get a feel for it. Nothing stood out aside from the overly tall wood that went up with few branches anywhere near the ground. This seems like a great spot to hide things, yet my feet suddenly feel normal. Tulis moved about, testing what he'd said, and finding it to be true, stomped towards a nearby tree. Well, the only thing here is trees. 
So they hold the key to making things appear, then? Why not? It could easily be what we need is among these trees. With a roll of her eyes, Tulis went to the nearest one and pressed on it. She half expected it to fall over at the slightest touch, since that's what happened near the river, and the other half of her expected it to remain where it was, since nothing made sense anymore. There was, though, a click as she pressed on the tree, which made her stop. I hate you. Because I'm right, or because I managed to guess something weird? Both? A number appeared in the tree, and then slowly began fading away. It read ten, which wasn't helpful, or gave them much sign of what to do. So, the two set about running around, pressing on odd trees here and there to see what would happen. Two trees pressed at the same time made no numbers appeared. Pressing a tree before the number faded also produced no number. It took them a few hot minutes of exhausting work before they got to the numbers one to ten, pressed in the right order, and a rumble shook the ground. We did something. They ran to the edge of the grove and stopped. We did something, but uh, no treasure has appeared yet. Maybe we have to do something else? A heavy gale of wind had picked up and began to shake the trees. The morning sun, which had been brightly showing itself, was soon covered in, in a group of fast-moving clouds that were now converging on the area. Does that figure look familiar to you, don't you think? Tulis glanced over towards where Cordite was pointing. It looks kind of womanly, but with this storm I cannot tell. They continued to stare out from the spot in the grove as they watched as another figure approach from behind, undetected by the first one. Before they could speak out to the first one, ghostly-like figure ran a sword through that first one's back. The scene, though, was quickly covered by wind and clouds and dust that just covered the area. Tulis trembled a bit, quite shaken by the whole thing. Are you all right? I think now would be a good time to tell you what the voice said to me. The one that came through when we went through the wormhole in space? She nodded slowly, still staring out at the wind that lessened now, allowing parts of the field to be visible. It almost looked like there was a glinting, shining stuff coming off the ground, just above and below the grass. An old and a new sacrifice would be needed for the treasure. At first, Cordite didn't say anything after seeing what might have been a death. It didn't set well with his stomach, which gurgled in protest. The only other thing that was coming to his mind was that he might be next, since old and new went together so, so well. With a frown, he decided to step out of the grove, testing and looking about at the nearby sparkles that he could see, but he couldn't actually see the treasure. It sort of reacted to him when he reached for the thing, but uh, it still didn't seem like anything was there. So you would need another sacrifice then? I guess. I don't know much, just what the voice told me, and honestly, I'd rather it be untrue. So you don't want to discover the treasure? She shrugged, frustrated by the whole thing, and unsure of what to do or say anymore. Well, yes, to see it, but no, because it seems to only have led to bad things. Probably cursed or something. According to legends, most pirates' treasure is cursed, 
and the fun is rather discovering it to be able to take a small chunk that isn't so cursed. It did not escape her notice that he'd wandered further out onto the grassy field and a bit away from her. A shout of panic that he was abandoning her came, and she tried to fight that down and just figure out what he was doing. Uh, why are you out there, Cordite? Trying to discover the treasure. That's what you want, right? You need a second sacrifice. One that is new to you? You don't count, since I've known you for a little bit. He, however, continued taking steps away, and there was a hesitation from her about what to do, since it seemed dangerous out there, and the wind had picked up and howling again, as the clouds now looked to swallow Cordite whole, making him vanish as well. I don't think that will count, even if you wanted it to be true. The voice of his was almost swallowed up by the storm, and that was more than enough to propel her forward, trying to chase after him. Running to catch up, she felt lost in all of this foggy clouds that had descended and were whipping about. Dulles felt a moment of panic as she tried to think of everything and anything at that moment that would help her out. As a result, no clear answers were coming to her mind, as she tossed her head from side to side, trying to find Cordite amongst the shadows of the fog. Where are you? It was quiet as the wind stopped howling, and things began to clear up. In front of her, instead of the green grass, now lay chunks of gold and treasure as far as she could see. The ground was also rumbling and shook for a moment, feeling like it was moving upward. Cordite! There was a sound of jingling and shuffling of coins to her right, and turning that way, she hoped it was him, but it wasn't, as the group of pirates she'd become so familiar with appeared and were being led by Francis. What's going on? The stupid treasure has been found, and now Cordite is missing because of a potential sacrifice or something? That doesn't sound like him. No, it doesn't, but it is what I think has gone on because he's gone and vanished. The rumble of the ground increased, as did the rate of which they felt like they were rising. The sky that had been so far away now felt the limits of how high they could go, and it was about to approach them. Everyone hold on to something bigger and better than you. I fear we are about to get launched out of here. We can't stand around and grab a hold of something. Who knows where Cordite or anyone else is? All of them are potentially still alive, but we have to do something to help them. There was a sudden sensation and feeling of water washing over, splashing them, and weighing them down for a moment, and that overtook them. This was followed by the sensation of being soaked in that water, only for it to all be gone, and their troop upward seemed to be continuing. We can't exactly move about, though, Tulis. Francis tried to move as he said this, however he was pushed back towards the ground, as the momentum continued to carry them upward. She, though, had managed to stay on her feet, and moved forward, not caring about any of that, one foot and then another foot in front of that one. There were a couple of shapes not far off that she could see. Everything, though, felt like it was speeding up, and everyone found themselves looking upwards instead. Is that more water? Yes, Doc, I believe we're about to arrive at the surface of this planet. 
There was a moment's glance towards Ophelia, who proclaimed this, and then once again they were soaked by water. It lasted a second, and then everyone felt dry, and they were back at the surface. Mounds and mounds of precious gold gems and stone lie where a river once stood, much to the pleasure of utility. For once, things had worked out for him, though a few sacrifices had been made along the way. It was a pity, always, but uh, sometimes those things have to happen, no matter what one tried to do to stop them. The figures of, of pirates and the princess stood before him, looking about surprised by all that had happened. Welcome back, I see you found the treasure. It found us, I think. Yes, that is another way to look at it. And your mother, where is she? And Korat, where is he? Sacrifices to find it? She then ignored the president, marching off towards where she'd seen some shapes. Utility let her go, turning towards the other parts. Well, you've done a grand job helping the galaxy out, and for this you will be rewarded greatly. If we can get out of here? Well, yes, of course, there is that always, Mr. Francis. Ah, uh, but the group will get a nice reward from the treasure. Of course, you may never speak of what you've done here, and please don't record it in your logbooks and diaries. But if you're willing to follow those orders... We live a quiet life away from all of the rest of the world. President Utility offered a polite nod towards Lion. Well, uh, yes, if you agree to those conditions, and if you ask me what I'm planning to do with all of this, that is rather simple. No one responded to his tries at getting them to talk, which was fine. He'd hoped they would at least amuse him and ask further questions, but uh, it was fine if he could just give his little monologue. It is to be shared throughout the galaxy, improving alien kind for the greater good. Much of it goes to funding betterment of our galactic world, some of it back to the Grogians to shut them up, and then, of course, a small share, but a nice share to a lot of you for finding it. Uh, worth to believe you're not taking any? Uh, no, sadly, I don't know you, but, um, you're probably Ophelia, one of the pirates around here. Um, anyway, sadly I wish I could, but it uh, would look bad on me. And I have a re-election coming up. Can't risk certain things. Couldn't you hide some of it away? Utility smiled at the almost innocent question from Francis. Such a simple and easy-minded pirate. All of this is mine, the screech of the queen. Drew them all to look to see Tulis trying to stop her mother from doing anything, although she wasn't really having much success and was being dragged through gold and gems towards the president by the queen. Oh yes, you will get some of it back, Miss Strand. All of it? Mother, that won't do. What even is all of this anyway? And why would the queen need so much? Years of hard work with pirates trying to hoard things away to be able to destroy things that has kept this galaxy from growing in its proper rightful order. Is that what this is all about, Queen? Your parents' diaries were woefully short of information, what I could find. It made things hard to figure out. So you want to destroy us? 
Well, it makes sense, I suppose, but I can't let you do that right away. Anyway, I'm giving your groggin people 30% of all of this. What is going on? Nero, who had been asleep, sat up, looking around, rubbing his head. Upon seeing all of this, gold and treasure and everything else, along with his mother, who was about to step on him, he decided to just lay back down and go back to sleep. I want all of it. You can ask and request all you want. 30% is more than enough to try and do whatever you want to start a revolution against the galactic government. It should keep you happy for a while anyway, and you'll easily gather more, I'm sure. Two galactic soldiers are now by the queen's side, as Tulis let go. They easily managed to take the queen away towards the nearby woods, as Nero rose up once again at this commotion and simply stared at the gold around him. How much treasure do we take, by the way, and can we take it in other forms? Not hiding his enjoyment at the question, Utility walked from the riverside to step onto the gold, testing it for himself. Once satisfied that it was walkable, he stepped up and approached Dark Ma. How much would you take, hmm? I'd say a bagful would be a good point of reference, but I don't know how greedy you lot are. As for payment methods, I'm surprised there's an ounce of trust in you towards me. Why a bag? Pick up a handful of gold, Mr. Lion, or an armful, and try and go anywhere more than a few steps. No matter one's strength, the damn stuff is heavy to carry. Take as much as you like, but you won't get far without exhausting yourself. There's a nod of acceptance by everyone at this. More than a few of them had their fair share of gold that they'd carried around. Well, I would take my money in transfer then, since this is all too much to carry. The pirates had begun gathering around the president in a semicircle, with crossed arms looking unsure of themselves. Fair enough, Miss Doc Mott, you can have that as you wish. And the rest of you? There was no immediate answer to it, and there were shrugs around. Well, take your time to think about it, and perhaps go help your little princess go search for the lost cordite. He's probably somewhere here, if the queen survived, even though she wasn't supposed to, according to what the diaries said, but maybe they will. Maybe they do. Maybe they did. There was a begrudging movement from the group, led by Mott and Lion away from the president. Pirates, though, were always ones to take care of one another, if there was something to be gained from it, and they began to move out to help. Utility watched, sighed, and then nodded. Life was good for the most part, and things had gotten done. A major enemy removed from the list of problems, with a new one to fill that void. Life would carry on, he figured, as he turned to order his troops to begin the process of collecting the treasure. End of Part 11 of Pirates, Politics, and Potentially Treasure, Book 2. Thank you for listening. The end of this story.